This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to my favorite murder, the mini-sode. There you go. There you are. And here we are. You asked for it. <laughs> he begged. He begged. <laughs> pleaded. <laughs> and now we had to relent and on, give you a mini. And we will. Do you want to go first? Dottie's sitting on my papers. Absolutely. Great. Let her have a moment I'm to gonna, herself. I'm gonna. Poor Dottie. Please. That poor cat needs some rest. <laughs> okay. This one's kind of exciting for me. The title gives it away. Hi, MFM crew. Big fan. Heard you needed new hometown, so I finally sat down to write mine out. All right. I'm from Petaluma. Oh. (laughs) And I love every reference Karen makes about our hometown. Tuttle Drugs. Carithers. (laughs) The Old Longs. That's the thing that my cousin Stevie's wife, Kim, it drives her crazy because she didn't grow up there. And yeah. we refer to everything as the thing it was <laughs> when we were growing up and not the thing it currently is. So Tuttle Drugs is, has been a restaurant like five times over, but yeah. we still call it Tuttle Let's Drugs. Let's go to Tuttle Drugs for dinner. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> a little confusing. Sure. Sure. But charming. Okay. Charming. A small town charm. Come Absolutely. On. Do you know that when I was a kid, we had a Sergeant Pepperoni's pizza place <laughs> and it's now a totally different pizza place. So we could still call it Sergeant Pepperoni's. You got to like, hey, so let's good. all get together. That's yeah. a hilarious name. It's so good. They had to change it because Ringo Starr sued the shit out of them. <laughs> Did you know right. that? <laughs> OK. Uh, after college, I lived near Seattle for a few years and I worked at a truck assembly plant that had a very infamous former employee. Mm. I was talking with some coworkers one day in Human Resources, which is exactly the right place to talk to coworkers. <laughs> human Resources. Yeah. <laughs> Chill. And they had been looking through old employee badges when one of them said, I half expected to find Gary Ridgway's badge in there, but I think they confiscated it. <gasps> I assumed I heard them wrong, and I asked her what she was talking about. So she responded, oh, the Green River Killer worked here. Oh, my God. <laughs> chills, 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 chills. My jaw hit the floor, and I demanded to know more. Another coworker spoke up because she worked there when he did uh, and knew him. Uh, that was all in caps. Oh. She said there were rumors that he would leave jewelry in the women's restroom that yes. he had stolen from his victims. You've heard this? Yeah, he definitely did that. That was I one of his heard things. This. I just Let's read see. the Anne Rule Green River Killer book, and that was nice. totally one of his fucking things. So he, according to this email, he would leave jewelry in the women's restroom that he'd stolen from his victims in hopes of seeing his coworkers <gasps> wearing his trophies around work. Oh, my God. Just 
Uh, horrifying. Uh, she also said by the time the cops were trying to nail him for these murders, they would come pick him up from the factory to bring him in for questioning. And people would joke to his face that he was the Green River Killer. <laughs> but in all caps, he was the Green River Killer. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus Christ. It's just that I'm sure those people were just like, it can't be here. Yeah. It can't be someone I know. It can't be. Yeah. He can't be hiding in plain sight like this. Jokey and joke. And right to your face. Can. Yeah. He's just sitting there with his dead eyes and his weird uh, creepy eyes. I remember hearing at some point in an episode, either Karen or Georgia mentioned the Green River Killer, and said part of how he was caught was paint flecks that were so specific they were able to determine where he worked. I started listening to MFM after I moved to Seattle, and the combo of learning I had a connection through work to one of the worst serial killers and listening to the podcast was when I realized I had a love for true crime. Mm. Thank you for everything you do with the show and the community and for normalizing being fascinated by true crime despite having deep anxiety about anything and everything. <laughs> Stay sexy and don't wear jewelry you find in bathrooms. No name. Wow. Yeah. Green River Running Red, I think, is the Anne Rule book. I just listened mm -hmm. to it over the summer and it's very victims oriented. You know, she tells every victim story. Yeah. Of course. And is very sensitive to their lives. It's, it's a really good book. That guy is a fucking creep. Murders are always tragedies. In this instance, he got to go on and on uh, and on because he chose people without a voice, without advocates, without people nearby that knew what was going on. Right. Like he victimized the most vulnerable people. And um, yeah, it's yeah. the grossest. It's one of those tragic fucking stories of a monster. Yeah. Who gets away with it for years. Okay. This is my brother tried to murder me story. Oh, hi, cult leaders. I'd like to start <laughs> lighthearted, by the way. I'd like to start. The <laughs> That's kind of important. <laughs> Sorry. Not it wasn't like a. Yeah, you sounded really bummed. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like a funny. It's like a funny little kid one. Yeah, that was information you had. And that it was when that sentence came out. It That's didn't right. Sound like it was just like we go from. One horrible murder to the next. That's no. what this show is. Well, it could, this could have been. Okay. I'd like to start this off by saying I'm fine. Thank uh, you. <laughs> in February 1999, I was two weeks old, laying in my parents' bed, doing what I did best, screaming at the top of my lungs. <laughs> Unfortunately for my four-year-old brother, my parents' room was the only place he could watch his cartoons, and I was louder than SpongeBob. Mm -hmm. Our mom had taken our sister out for the day and our dad was busy cleaning up the kitchen. So without an adult to consult, he devised his own plan to quiet me down. Uh -oh. mm -hmm. He gathered all the pillows he could find and placed them on top of my tiny infant body. Mm -hmm. Finding that this was not enough to deafen my screams, he sat on top of his pillow pile. And voila, I was silenced for the first time in my short life and he was free <laughs> to enjoy his show. Oh, no. My dad, who was washing the dishes at the sink, noticed that the house was suddenly much quieter and assumed I had finally tuckered myself out. He finished up his last dish and came to check on his two youngest little angels. When he came into the room, he saw my brother on his goose down throne and no baby <laughs> in sight. He threw my brother onto the bed, tossed the pillows off and found me purple faced and not moving. Oh, no. Not one second later, I took in a deep breath and screamed twice as loud as before. <laughs> 
brother was less than thrilled. I was alive. Dad was relieved. And big bro got a lesson about what death is. Oh, Jesus. Uh Uh-huh. Fast forward to February 2019. The family is at my brother's graduation from Navy boot camp. And I reminded him of this story. We laugh. He gives me a big hug and says, I'm so glad I didn't kill you. That would really have fucked me up. (laughs) (laughs) For real? Yeah. It's all about you, dude. Yeah. Thank you for everything you do. And I'm glad you had time to recharge so you could keep up the good work. I'm thankful for my sister for introducing me to you and for my shit memory that allows me to listen to old episodes as if it were my first time hearing it. (laughs) (laughs) Stay sexy and don't get murdered by a four year old Haley. God. Yeah. I mean, it's lighthearted, but you almost killed a baby. It walks right down that edge. But it's like Haley knows the story that they're telling. So it's just like, I'm fine. We can all laugh. We're all laughing. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, The subject line of this email is, I saved my entire family by being a worry wart. Hi, Karen, Georgia, Stephen, and animal babies. In 2005, my mom, dad, brother, and I all went on a camping trip in the Cascades of Washington State. After setting up all the tents, we headed out in my stepdad's four-wheel drive Jeep for a bit of off-roading before dark. We took a series of trails barely wide enough for the car for a few miles up the nearby mountain, and everyone, including me, was having a great time. But as we got more and more away from the main road, I started to worry about breaking down and having to navigate back in the approaching dusk. I was 15, highly morbid, and deeply into true crime already. Woohoo! Yay! I had an escape route for every situation. (laughs) Everyone was getting super loud and excited as the trails became more and more rough, knowing the Jeep could handle it. I, however, was getting nervous as fuck, or it says AF, but that's what they mean, Mm -hmm. as the quality of driving and navigation was getting sketchy. (laughs) All of a sudden, we hit a clearing with a sizable hill in front of us. The hill was probably 200 feet to the top, and my mom and brother started to get super amped. (laughs) No, mom, you're supposed to be safe. (laughs) She's full of Mountain Dew, and she's ready to (laughs) off-road. Code red. Mountain Dew code red. (laughs) Moms love it, too. Mountain Mountain Dew Dew code code red red and vodka. (laughs) Try it. Moms. (laughs) It's called Mom's Special Weekend. Join Join her. Okay, so the amped up part. Yelling and egging on my stepdad until he says, I'm going to gun it. No. I, and then there's a, a, tr- a full online break separate. So it's just a, a sentence standing alone. And it uh-huh. says, I cannot overstate how stoked everyone was. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that like, not only are you the worry wart, everyone else is like fucking gung ho on shit. It just makes you the weird one out. I understand it completely. I love the idea of like an off-roading type of family yeah. and then this the goth sister who's like, guys, we're all going to die. <laughs> I love it. Okay. When people talk about intuition, red flags, and guardian fucking angels whispering in their ear, I know it's true because at this exact moment, I almost involuntarily opened my door and said, I'm going to check first. For some reason, every cell in my body needed to do this. Mm. They were saying things like, don't be a worry wart and, and the car will be fine. Didn't care. So I got out of the car and I started to walk in the middle of the path up the hill so they couldn't pass me without hitting me. Yeah. Uh, about 10 feet from cresting the hill, my entire body starts buzzing and was in complete tunnel vision. I was standing dead still looking down into a 50 foot drop <gasps> into large rocks and trees. <gasps> I sat down right where I was until my family got out of the car, asked what was up, walked up, and looked. Oh. 
we all would have died. If not from impact, from injuries and exposure, from being miles on the side of a mountain with no GPS and no one knowing we decided to go off-roading. It was a quiet drive back to camp. (laughs) Intuition is everything. Stay sexy, don't get murdered, and always know what's at the top of a hill. XOXO. Kira with two eyes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Isn't that good? Yes. I'm scared of everything. <laughs> and it, it's okay because it's true. Because you're right. I'm right. You're right. Kira's right. Kira. We're all right. Goths know everything. <laughs> Goths know. <laughs> um, this is called Classic. The 50s need to go to jail. It's a quick one, but I think it's really funny. Uh, hello, Karen, Georgia at all. I'm such a huge fan of you both and everything you've done with your platform is so impressive. As a longtime listener, it's been awesome to watch you achieve success and still be the coolest people. Thank Thank you. you. Now to the story. My mom Mm. told me this, Gem, after you wanted more praise. A little bit. It feels so good. You're both beautiful and cool. (laughs) And I think you both have nice nails and great hair. Georgia, you're not reading. (laughs) I made it up. (laughs) Now to the story. (laughs) My mom told me this gem after I explained the premise of hometowns on your podcast and how they often have to do with funny stories about shit grandparents did that seem crazy inappropriate today. (laughs) She goes, oh, yeah, like when my dad sent me on bank runs in the Bronx and proceeds to tell me that my grandfather, Larry, appreciate the name, Adam, Mm -hmm. used to send her a four year old named Barbara. (laughs) Then it says, take your moment to enjoy that. Yes. To the bank by herself. This involved walking a few blocks from the toy store my grandfather owned in Pelham, taking a bus, getting off the bus and walking a couple more blocks to the bank where she stood on her tippy toes and held up a note explaining her business, which my grandfather had written. So my mother didn't need to speak at all. Then she'd hand over the money. Yes, she took a green zipped envelope containing whatever a full till in the 1950s was on the bus in the Bronx as a four-year-old. What? (laughs) How is this possible? Four. Do you know what four-year-olds are like? Yeah, they're a lot like (laughs) three-year-olds. They're a lot like babies. They're very young. They're very young. I was just like, I just hung out with my nephew today who's six and like... I, he can't even hold a cupcake without dropping it. <laughs> I watched him drop a cupcake. He ain't okay. This uh, is the this is where that saying it's like taking a a zipped leather bank pouch from a baby. <laughs> like, can you imagine? You just walk up to a four year old girl on the sidewalk and be like, "Can you hand me that for a second? I want to hold it for you." Excuse me, I'm taking that. And I love that the bank teller is like, "Great, here you go." The, bu- the bus driver's the bus like, driver. "Well, she had her fare. There's nothing I can do." Fair- <laughs> That's right. Fair is fair. Fair is fair. I know. Um, I didn't want to say it. I know you didn't. I could hear it, though. <laughs> so I stole it. Uh, and apparently felt really proud of herself. Of course she did. This yeah, she ap- should. This apparently stopped after my grandma found out. So I guess one person. <laughs> so I guess one person in the 50s was paying attention. But I love that he, he was doing it behind his wife's back. <laughs> what do you mean? She just what? she takes it to the bank. I can't leave the counter. Yeah. There's never been an issue. <laughs> But the rest of the 50s need to go to jail, as Georgia might say. Thank you guys for everything you do and for being a source of comfort to so many. Much love, A. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> legendary. That's. Yeah. Imagine, like, 
Imagine if you just had a time machine and you could go back to like 1951 and stand on the sidewalk and just watch the the baby pedestrians going by doing their business. Yeah. Just smoking their cigars. (laughs) Just (laughs) carrying bags of money, smoking cigars. I mean, definitely we have a lot of babies in the 80s who went and bought cigarettes for their parents at the at the liquor store. Like that was a thing with a note. You did. Oh, yeah. Here's what we need. We need our older listeners and uh, the younger listeners with grandparents. We need you guys asking them like about these questions, because I feel like we get a lot of 80s and 90s of what your parents did that was fucked up. But we need the really fucked up 50s and 60s ones. Jesus, where it's like, well, what? Um, how old were you when you got your first job? Where it's like, <laughs> yeah. I was six. <laughs> What was that? What was the first surgery you performed? <laughs> uh, uh, I was 10. Yeah. Was this the first time you drove? You had to drive one of your drunk parents home from the bar. <laughs> I drove them every time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's intense. Send those. I out. mean, I used to. Well, because we walked down to Aegis's every day, which was our corner store, which was like a half a mile away, uh-huh. to get bags of candy. We did it constantly, and so we knew Jim and Frank and Chick and Topsy Aegis, who were the husband and wife oh bro- brothers, brothers and their wives that ran this grocery <sighs> store. And so I would, it, my mom would literally be like, I, I would give the note and be like, Benson and Hedges lights 100. <laughs> I was going to ask what kind she smoked. Yeah. Those big, long 100 Benson and Hedges. Yeah. So sexy. Soft pack for some reason. That's, I don't know. That is an interesting. Okay. I, how does anybody pick? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking big tobacco, baby. <laughs> baby. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh, my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient made in cookware. Made in was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made in. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. 
Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. The subject line of this one is, shh, don't tell my dad's cousin. And then in parentheses, a story of unexpected treasure. Mm. Karen, Georgia, and company. That might be my favorite new one. I like it. And company. A while back, us listeners were tasked with sharing a time we found treasure, and boy, do I have a story that will truly blow your mind. When I was younger, my dad would often invite his cousins over for a cousin's day that would would eventually turn into a large family dinner full of laughs and fun. My dad's one cousin would always bring me the same gift every time she came, a yellow box cake with chocolate frosting. Oh, This was and still is my go-to dessert for birthdays and celebrations. I mean, can you go wrong with that combo? (laughs) No, you can't. That's my pick for my birthday. Absolutely classic. Add some sprinkles and you're fucking home. You're good to go. You can, you can stick, um, sprink, like rainbow sprinkles on the top of that. You can just put, you can put chocolate sprinkles on the top of that. Nuts. You could stick one Rolo. Well, you could do some, like some nuts if you felt like some almonds, maybe. No, that's gross. But it doesn't need anything. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's classic. Yeah. Okay. As long as uh, as long as your sponge is well made. I have another important question, though. It Does it need to be room temperature or like cold from the fridge? Vince likes cold from the fridge cake. Oh, that is good. But I feel like spo- I'm spoiled and I'm used to people having just made the cake if it's your birthday. Oh. So it would almost still be a little warm. Ooh, is the way I like it. Yeah, I mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay. But cold cake from the fridge is good, too. Yeah. I mean, look. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> anyway, one time she came and decided that it would be really great to bring a gift for my sister. Her gift was a fake bracelet that she recently found in her new home. 
When moving into the home and cleaning a closet, she came across this piece of costume jewelry that she figured would be perfect for my preteen sister. My sister was instantly drawn to it and would wear it everywhere she went. A few months later, my sister and I were in the bathroom, either brushing our teeth together or washing our faces. Oh, the joys of a one bathroom home. Oh, God. (laughs) For real, standing behind people and trying to get stuff done. Oh, my God, the worst. Soon she began bothering me, and since her new bracelet was within reach, I grabbed it and threatened to break it by stopping. <laughs> <laughs> Sisters, I'm doing it on themselves, breaking treasure items. Oh fuck! Spite. You just don't. You don't want to mess with a sister. You just don't. They will, they'll fucking ruin your life. That's right. The spite is so deep, deeply embedded in your soul from the moment. Yeah, just shoot straight out of you. <laughs> Usually about outfit stuff. Usually about ex- clothing or accessories. That's, That's the worst. Right. The worst area to get into. <laughs> <laughs> she clearly wasn't having this and instantly started screaming for our mom, who came into the bathroom, took the bracelet with her into the living room. Mm-hmm. Solved. Nobody gets it. Yep. Now you both lose. We could never <laughs> learn that lesson. Now you it both took, lose. It took forever. Yeah. Now, this was the first time my mom actually took a look at the bracelet, and she noticed something interesting. The clasp of this bracelet was way too intricate, and she quickly showed it to my dad, who confirmed that this was unusual for a piece of costume jewelry. They were legit shocked by it. Well, that was the day my sister lost her beloved bracelet. (laughs) (laughs) Take things away from your children whenever you want. That's the name of the game. You see, my parents knew a jeweler and decided to get it checked out just in case. The jeweler was astounded by the bracelet and soon offered my father upwards of (gasps) $15,000 right there on the spot. Holy shit. Which means it was worth $45. That's right. Yep. The bracelet was not only real, but it was worth a significant amount of money. Soon, my mom took possession over the bracelet and would wear it to weddings no. and celebrations. That That's a bitch. <laughs> she should That's have not- sold it and taken them on a cruise. That's not yeah. fair. <laughs> the, the Sorry, I called your mom a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's how special and expensive this bracelet was. I'm calling bullshit on this. Like, this is not fair. Okay, go on. What's that called? It's like, um, it's well, the rule parenting where it's like anything you have is actually theirs. Yeah. They bankrolled your life. Totally. But in this scenario, that really does suck. Okay. <laughs> Eventually the bracelet was sold, but still to this day, my dad's cousin has no idea that the random piece of costume jewelry <gasps> she gifted my sister was actually a real tennis bracelet worth a significant amount of money. Oh my God. This is a secret we have been sworn to keep, but hey, why not share it with the whole world? Yeah. yeah. Well, Hope, hopefully she's not listening right now. But if she is, sorry, girl. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, stay sexy and always get your jewelry appraised. Peter. Peter. <laughs> that is good. Oh, we were- Tell those family oh. secrets, Peter. Oh. That is so fucked up. And I love yeah. it. It's hilarious. All right. Uh, this is a this is a long one, but it's epic. And I'm not going to read you the name title. Okay. The name okay. of it. An all-inclusive hello, it starts. Nice. Mm -hmm. Modern. Modern. About three years ago, I spent my Labor Day weekend at the beach with a couple of girlfriends, along with the rest of the greater Boston area. (laughs) We fought to find a decent spot near the water, eager to spend the final beach weekend of the year, enjoying what was left of our always-too-short summer season. To put it lightly, the beach was packed. 
Though I don't remember my exact words, I think it was something along the lines of, we need to move our towels. I don't want to be directly beside this family. Heard. (laughs) Heard would have been a better description. There were easily 20 plus people huddling together under a wave of umbrellas. The adults and teens already sharing what appeared to be hard liquor at 10 a.m. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> That's a beach party. Those are the East Coast Kilgariffs. <laughs> Get in there. The music coming from their Bluetooth speaker was loud enough to drown out the sound of the water a mere 10 <laughs> feet in front of us. Yes. And it was a country station, which was arguably <laughs> worse than the drunken chatter. <laughs> I looked around the beach, hoping to spot a more vacant area, but I knew we weren't going anywhere. Everyone from New England seemed to be there. <laughs> Towels touching as far as the eye could see, almost like area rugs Ugh, to be that close to strangers. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the reason I don't go to most places is because I need to be pr- even pre-COVID 15 yeah. feet away from people. Absolutely. I don't want to. If I'm near you, I will have to um, eavesdrop on your conversations. I'll judge you. I will be mad at your music, even though I do yeah. like some country music. But, you know, that's the kind of thing where that kind of invasion, I, I'm not an easy breezy person. No. I wish and I were. if I'm drinking, I'm going to interject too, much to Vince's <laughs> horror. Vince can tell what I'm about to turn and say something to like a table next to us. And he'll be like, don't, don't, don't. I'll be like, no, no, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> they like it. They like it. I have wine. Uh, with nowhere else for us to move, we stayed put. It was fine at first. My friends and I smiled and waved at the group, murmuring a friendly hello when some of the younger kids made eye contact for a beat too long. But after a few hours, the majority of the adults were hammered, stumbling into the water, slurring their words, lots of hugging. I finally caught a glimpse of the bottle being passed between them. Peppermint schnapps. Ugh. On a fucking sunny, hot, warm beach day. It's warm. You know, it's a warm bottle. Good, good night. Just straight from the bottle. It's so fucking gross. It's, it's like so gross. just d- drink mouthwash then. Yeah, you're gonna be like that. Well, hold on. It, oh, there might be a reason. I'll okay. To, it was hard. Not were, to, it was Santa Claus's family. <laughs> <laughs> they had a one cup of hot cocoa and a thing of a French schnapps. And they, they were like, "This Christmas is gonna be different in Boston." <laughs> Um, It was hard not to watch what happened next. The music was turned off. The entire group gathered into a circle to hold hands. Imagine that scene in How the Grinch Stole Christmas when all the Who's stood around the town's tree and sang. Oh, that's sorry. That's Peanuts. I don't know. I wouldn't know. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, wait. Didn't they sing something weird like that? I've never seen it. Is that crazy? What? I know. I'm Jewish. It's You'd love it. He stole Christmas. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> he stole Hanukkah. What do I care? It's none of my business. You selfish Hanukkah celebrator. <laughs> none of my business. It's Christmas. Cindy Lou Who had her whole fucking every gift stolen and the light bulb. All you right. have to see it. You have to see it. <laughs> okay, I'll try It's it. really funny. Okay, I'll watch Okay. I feel like I just made a really big confession just there. <laughs> that was kind of big. I feel like a lot of people are going to stop listening to this podcast. Okay. Hey, you know what? We had to stop at some point. That's right. If this is what breaks <laughs> us, so be it. <laughs> I'm not mad. If I get canceled for not watching this movie, it's like there's so many worse ways to get canceled. Yeah, for real. Um, and the majority of them then began to cry. I looked at my friends who were equally puzzled and uncomfortable and then said, we need to stop staring. We all agreed just as one of the many adults of the group began speaking. And that's when we realized 
They were accidentally attending a stranger's memorial. No. Oh. And then they write, listen, there's no correct way to grieve. People handle death in whatever capacity works for them. And I am in no position to judge. If anything, I love the fact that this family wanted to celebrate the life of their loved one in such a non-traditional way. Maybe peppermint schnapps was their favorite. Mm -hmm. Maybe they loved country music the most. Maybe the beach was their go-to place. Whatever the case, my friends and I did our best to respect their space, even though we were essentially back-to-back with them and tried and mostly failed to not listen to a eulogy documenting what was very clearly an unexpected death. Oh, I know. At long last, the speech was over and most of the little ones resumed their playing. I was about to breathe a sigh of relief when suddenly the mother of the deceased stood up and began wading into the knee-deep water. I watched in horror, knowing what was about to happen as she opened the small box in her hands. The woman then emptied the box's contents, a strong breeze picking up at that very moment. The ashes flying everywhere. No. My friends and I stared, unable to move, a witness to the cremains landing gently behind her onto the many, many unsuspecting strangers lounging on the sand. <laughs> this is I, this is also like that scene from White Lotus with Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's putting her mom into the water. And just throwing handfuls in there. Oh, no. I'm unsure if there are Massachusetts laws about releasing human cremains during peak beach visiting hours. And I'm sure as shit not going to Google it. Regardless, I think of that family all the time. And I truly hope they are healing and that they are happy. Stay sexy and maybe wait for the breeze to die down before scattering ashes. CJ, she, her. Wow, that's... I love that story. I do, too. Because you know what? Every Everybody knows how it feels to lose someone suddenly. Or maybe not everybody, but a lot of us do. And no matter what the extended look of that gathering is yeah. or judgment or traditions all the ways yeah that all the different ways we all decide to judge each other yeah when it comes down to it you we all f- have the same feeling when we lose someone and yeah. we all know what that feels like yeah and we all need to do these things like you know funerals are one thing but when like you and i just went to a memorial last week for yeah. Neil Mahoney, everyone's friend. And yeah, you need laughter. You need some weird traditions. We all drank his favorite whiskey. You know, we all watched a memorial video. It's like you have to do what you have to do to to heal. Yes. And a funeral is fine, but sometimes yeah. it really does like sitting around and telling stories and having it be less formal and more what what that person would want yeah. is, I think, a very nice way to help process those feelings. Totally. Like a celebration of their life. Yeah. What was really beautiful about Neil's memorial is his uncle got up and talked about how how helpful and how lovely he found all of Neil's friends who did all of that stuff for him yeah. when he died so suddenly. It was really, I mean, there were moments where it was, like pin drop silent and everyone's just crying it was so it was so moving it was so sad to lose such a good person it really was he was a a very good one um send us your stories at my favorite murder at gmail Uh, send us anything you want at this point i mean something that one was epic and beautiful i love that i love the peppermint schnapps family yeah me too i wishing them well yep um stay sexy and don't get murdered Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie?
This has been an Exactly Right production. Our producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton. Associate producer, Alejandra Keck. Engineer and mixer, Stephen Ray Morris. Researchers, Jay Elias and Haley Gray. Send us your hometowns and your fucking hoorays at myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. And follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and Twitter at myfavemurder. And for more information about this podcast, our live shows, merch, or to join the fan cult, go to myfavoritemurder.com. Rate, review, and subscribe.